in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto him, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye, for we cannot but speak things which we have seen and heard. It's good to be back in the Lord's house today. Brother Branson, would you open us in a word of prayer, please? Join me in singing page 321, where he leads.
special. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I don't have my cheat sheet. We got a special right here. Roy's are going to sing for us, then he's going to preach for us. Good to have you all back this afternoon. that's lost in darkness, for the saints who've gone astray, for the sinner blind but searching, for the child in need of faith, for the homeless and forsaken, for the hungry and the cold, for the prisoner and the captive, for the young and for the old, there is a remedy for every sin sick soul. There is a cure for all. All the pain and hurt and wrong, there is a solution for all the problems deep inside. There is a remedy. discouraged and dismayed, for the mocked and persecuted, for the battered, for the wronged, for the scarred and for the wounded, for the weak and for the strong. There is a remedy for every sin, sick soul. There is a cure for all. For all the problems deep inside, there is a remedy, and His name is Jesus Christ. For every tribe and every nation, every color, every race, every tongue and every language, every time and every an answer to the questions. There's love for all the hate. There's a healer for the dying. He's the life, the truth, the way, the way. There is a remedy for every sin, sick soul. Cure for all. All the pain and hurt and wrong, there is a solution. For all the problems deep inside, there is a remedy, and His name is Jesus Christ. There is a remedy, and His name is Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ, there is a remedy, and His name is Jesus Christ. All right, well... Appreciate the opportunity to be here again. I'm grateful for a remedy in Jesus Christ. And uh, 2 Samuel chapter number 19. 2 Samuel chapter 19. I'm going to probably read a passage of Scripture that is unfamiliar to most of us. And probably if it's familiar or a, maybe you've read this passage before, you might understand the, the uh, context of where it's coming from. But I'm going to preach a message out of a passage of Scripture that I believe would be a help for us to remember and to learn some principles this afternoon. So 2 Samuel chapter 19, if you're able to, would you please stand? And we're going to read in verse 31 and following. 2 Samuel 19, verse 31. The Word of God says this, And Barzillai the Gileadite came down from Wajelam and went over Jordan with the king to conduct him over Jordan. And Barzillai was a very aged man, even fourscore years old. And he had provided the king of sustenance while he lay at Maonaim, for he was a very great man. And the king said unto Barzillai, Come thou over with me, and I will feed thee with me in Jerusalem. And, and Barzillai said unto the king, How long have I to live, that I should go up with the king unto Jerusalem? I am this day fourscore years old, and can I discern between good and evil? Can thy servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear any more the voice of singing men and singing women? Wherefore then should thy servant be yet a burden unto my lord the king? Thy servant will go a little way over Jordan with the king. And why should the king recompense it me with such a reward? Let thy servant, I pray thee, turn back again, that I may die in mine own country and be buried by the grave of my father and my mother. But behold, my servant... Kimham, let him go over with my lord the king, and do to him what shall seem good unto thee. And the king said, Kimham shall go over with me, and I will do to him that which shall seem good unto thee, and whatsoever thou shalt require of me, that will I do for thee. And all the people went over Jordan, and when the king was come over, the king kissed Barzillai and blessed him, and he returned unto his own place. Then the king went on to Gilgal, and Kimham went with him, and all the people of Judah conducted the king, and also half the people of Israel. Shall we pray? Lord, I thank you so much for the truth of the word of God. I thank you for the fellowship that we've had this afternoon already. I thank you for what's already been accomplished in the previous services. Lord, I pray as we look into your passage this afternoon that you'd help us to understand some truths what we can learn from this passage of Scripture, and I pray that you'd bless it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, in the context of this Scripture, David had been on the run from his son Absalom. Absalom was going after his kingdom, and of course had many that had followed. The Bible says that he had won the hearts of the people. He had gotten the hearts of the people on his side, and he had gotten a group of people together. Well, Absalom has passed on the scene by this time, and uh, David, you know, he, he mourns for his son many days because of this. 
And uh, they said to David, David, you need to get up. There's people that need you. They need, you need to move on. You need to go forward. People are following you. And so David gets up. He gets back in, into the position where he should have been. And uh, now he's on his way back to get to the throne, to get back to leading and guiding his people. On the way, there's some people that meet him along the way. We're met by, um, he was met by a man by the name of Shimei. Now on his way out, we understand that Shimei was a man that, that threw stones at David, kicked dust at his feet, and, or, and, and basically was saying, You're, the reason you are having this happen to you is because of what you did to Saul, and what you, or not did to Saul, but what you did in, in, uh, um, uh, to Bathsheba, and, and uh, what you did to um, uh, Uriah the Hittite, and, and it was because of your sin and all this that God has brought this about on you. And, and uh, David says, let him cast dust, uh, let him throw stones. It may be that God will take care of it for my sake because I don't repay unto him what he's doing to me. So David then uh, uh, comes in this passage of Scripture in the previous verses we didn't read. In verse 16, I want you to look at it though. In 2 Samuel 19, verse 16, And Shimei, the son of Gera, the Benjamite, which was of Behurim, hastened and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. There were a thousand men of Benjamin with him, and Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul, and his fifteen sons and twenty servants with him. And they went over Jordan before the king. And there went a ferry boat to carry the king's household and to do what thought good. And Shimei, the son of Gera, fell down before the king as he was come over Jordan. So here's a total different situation that Shimei had once had thrown stones at him and cast dust in his face and so forth, and now he's on his face before the king. And he said unto the king, Let not my lord in quite impute iniquity unto me, neither do thou remember that which thy servant did perversely the day that my lord the king went out of Jerusalem, that the king should take it to his heart. He's like saying, Please, don't take it to your heart. I, I, I really wasn't meaning what I was doing. Or please forgive me of my sin. Now, he's asking David to show kindness to him. Kind of what we talked about in Sunday school hour. He's asking David to show kindness to him, even though he doesn't deserve kindness. And somebody reminds him of that. And uh, verse 20. For thy servant doth know that I have sinned. Therefore, behold, I am come to this first day of the house of Joseph to go down to meet my lord the king. But Abishai, the son of Zariah answered and said, Shall not Shimei be put to death for this because he cursed the Lord's anointed? You see, uh, Abishai or Abishai, how you say it, is, is saying, Hey, he deserves to die for what he has done. Why don't you take him out? And David said, There's nobody going to be dying today. David wanted unity. David wanted to have the people come together because they shouldn't even have been fighting in the first place. If you're serving the one true God, you ought to be working together, Right? And so David wants unity. He says, no, we, there's forgiveness here. When you come to the king, there's forgiveness. And, and that's what he offered. And he showed grace unto Shimei, one that could have easily been killed, but he doesn't do it. Then you come by the name of Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was lame in his feet, was the son of Jonathan. Jonathan, he comes to meet here, him here in this passage of Scripture. And David says, how come you didn't come to meet me when I was, at, when I was out of, uh, out of the, uh, the, the kingdom and uh, Absalom uh, basically took over and I left and you didn't meet me? 
In Mephibosheth, verse 24, the son of Saul came down to meet the king and had neither dressed his feet nor trimmed his beard nor washed his clothes from the day the king departed unto the, uh, until the day he came again in peace. And he came to pass when the king came to Jerusalem, when he was come to Jerusalem to meet the king, that the king said unto him, Wherefore wentest thou not with me, Mephibosheth? How come you didn't come with me? So I want to get us the background of this to, to understand where we're going. So he says unto him, My lord, the king, thy servant deceived me, for thy servant said, I will saddle me the ass and ride thereon and go to the king because thy servant is lame. He says, I would have come, but, but, but the, my servant, he took the donkeys, he, he left, he took all of the provision with him, and he left me here. And look at me, I haven't taken a shower, I haven't trimmed my beard, I haven't changed my clothes from the day you left, from the day you got here, from the day you left, uh, uh, or... I'm sorry, from the day you left until the day you got back, I haven't done anything but mourn over you leaving. And he's showing what he has done in his life by the way he looks on the outside. And so David then, uh, of course, uh, accepts that and, and, and moves on. So you have uh, this man by the name of Mephibosheth, the man by the name of Shimei, and now we have a third person that comes to meet David, and he is one that's helped David in another passage of scripture and the Bible talks about it in our text but look back at chapter 17 chapter 17 and verse 28 says this that Barzillai at the end of verse 27 the Gileadite of Regelum brought beds and basins and earthen vessels and wheat and barley and flour and parched corn and beans and lentils and parched bowls and honey and butter and sheep and cheese of kind and David and for all the people that were with him to eat, for they said the people is hungry and weary and thirsty in this, in the wilderness. So David and his men and those with him have been, have been removed because Absalom has come in. Now David didn't put up a fight against Absalom. And the reason David didn't put up a fight against Absalom is because he didn't want people to lose their lives. He didn't want his son to die. He didn't want the people of God to die. And so David just decided to remove himself out of the kingdom. But when he left, he didn't have any provision. He didn't have all of the uh, provisions that he would have had there in Jerusalem. And so he had to leave. And so here, Barzillai had provided all this for his men, for the people to eat because they're hungry, they're thirsty, and he's taking care of them. And so Barzillai was a man that helped David when he was in distress. Now, this is not a trick question, but how many have ever heard a message on Barzillai? Okay, how many have heard a message on Kimham? Okay, and the reason why I say that is, is sometimes you find different individuals in the scripture and often we overlook at them and we overlook them and we don't see what they do. We don't see why they were there. We don't see the blessing that they were in, uh, in the lives of people. But how many have heard a message on David? Okay, probably all of us. David and Goliath, you've heard of him in, uh, from the beginning as a kid. I mean, you heard him in Sunday school. You, you've heard different stories about what David did and, and, and so forth. So we find in our text that in verse 32, Barzillai was a very aged man, fourscore years old, and had provided the king of sustenance while he lay at Manam, for he was a very great man. The Bible says he was a very aged man and a very great man. The greatness wasn't in his notoriety, 
Greatness wasn't in um, uh, who he was as a person necessarily, but the Bible is saying he was a rich or well-to-do man. He had been given a lot, or he had a lot been passed down to him, or he was a hard worker and uh, uh, accumulated a lot of stuff. And he uses that to be a blessing unto the king when the king didn't have any way to take care of himself. Okay? Now, there's that person I want you to take note of, but there's someone else I want you to take note of, and this is the person that I mentioned second, this Kim Ham. Now, Kim Ham is, uh, by what we read, is probably the son of Barzillai. Now, we don't know a lot about his son either. We don't know a lot about Barzillai, and we don't know a lot about Kim Ham. Obviously, we've never heard a message on him, but you're about to, okay? Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 2, okay? 1 Kings chapter 2, trying to help you stay awake by turning to these passages. It's easy right after you eat to just uh, sit back sometimes and enjoy that Sunday afternoon nap. Let's hold off on that nap just for a little bit. First, or 2 Kings chapter, or I'm sorry, 1 Kings chapter uh, 2. Here I am in 2 Kings, that's not going to do us any good. Okay, so 1 Kings chapter number 2. Get there real quick. Look at what the Word of God says in verse number 1. Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth, be thou strong therefore, and show thyself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest and whither thou turnest thyself that the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me saying if thy children take heed to their way and walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul there shall not fail thee said he a man on the throne of Israel. Now this is great advice. For a king to tell, uh, not only for a king to tell the next king, but a father to tell his son, hey, show thyself a man, be strong, keep the charge of the Lord, keep his word, stay in the word of God, don't fail, it, it, will, it will never fail you, so you should never fail it. You know, he's, he's giving him this charge as he's on his deathbed. Now look at verse 5. Moreover, thou knowest also that Joab, the son of Zeruiah, did to me, and what he did to the two captains of the host of Israel, unto Abner the son of Ner, and unto Amasa the son of Jether, whom he slew, and shed the blood of war and peace, and put war upon the, his girdle and about his loins, and in his shoes that were on his feet. Do therefore according to thy wisdom, and let not his whorehead go down to the grave in peace. He's saying, uh, um, Solomon, would you go ahead and take care of them for me? Take care of this problem that has come about, and they need to, they need to uh, pay for what they've done, basically. Verse 7. But... Show kindness unto the sons of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and let them be of those that eat at thy table. For so they came to me when I fled because of Absalom, thy brother. Now, you also read about him, and you also read about it in the book of Jeremiah in chapter 41, verse 17. And they departed and dwelt in the habitation of Kimham, which is by Bethlehem, to go to enter into Egypt. Now, why do I say all that? 
I say all that to say this, that David on his deathbed, he has some final words to give to Solomon. And he says this, I want you to take care of the sons of uh, Barzillai. I want you to take care of him because of what he's done for me and what he did for me. When I needed him most, he was there to help me. And I want you to repay kindness, not only to his sons, but his sons in future generation because of what he did for me. And so Barzillai is going to be blessed in his life, not just now, but later on in his son's lives because of the decision he made for the king in his life in this passage that we read. The Bible says that the people dwelt in the habitation of Kimham, which is by Bethlehem in Jeremiah. Now why, now why would God give us all of that information? It's to say this, that God blessed somebody's faith and somebody's decision way back when, and God's blessing it even now because of a decision made for the king, even though that Barzillai could have said, well, Absalom is stronger. Absalom's the one that's probably going to be the next king, and so I'm going to follow Absalom. Many people did that. But Barzillai made a decision to help the one true king by David, and God is going to bless him, and not only bless him, but bless future generations after him. And it is believed that Barzillai got some land, or Kimham got some land from David's land himself. Now I want us to see in this passage tonight, or this afternoon, from the son of Kimham. Because I believe the son benefited the greatest from the actions of a father. You see, as a father, I want my sons or my daughters to benefit from my decisions down the road. And you as a father or a grandfather or a a mother or a grandmother or anyone in between, some of the decisions you will make now will will have an impact on future generations. Now, Barzillai probably doesn't even understand all that was given to him and all the blessings that he got just for showing a little kindness to the king over here. But David, at the end of his life, still hasn't forgotten about Barzillai. Tonight, or this afternoon, I should say, I want to preach on this thought. What I learned from my old man. What I learned from my old man. Why do I give it that title? Because the Bible says on Barzillai, verse 31, the Gileadite came down from Jalem and went over Jordan with the king to conduct himself over Jordan. Now, Barzillai was a very aged man. Now, we understand that there's some 80-year-olds that are really young. Would we agree with that? I don't know. There could be somebody in here that's 80 or over 80, but you would still consider yourself young. There's people in our church... Uh, we had a lady while I was gone on Thursday. She had a pacemaker put in, and she's 97. Still, still going strong. And I'm grateful for that the Lord's keeping her alive this long. But the Bible tells us in Psalms 90 and verse 10, the days of our years are threescore and ten, and if by reason of strength there be fourscore years, yet there is our strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off when we fly away. So 70 years is a normal expectancy, you could say, of life. By reason of strength, you might live 80. And after that, we're pretty much on borrowed time, is what the Bible's telling us. But, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to live tomorrow. None of us know 
how long we're going to live. So we need to live as if today is our last day on this earth. Make decisions that way. But if this Kimham went on to serve and follow the king, I'm sure it had something to do with the influence of a father. Somebody told him what to do and how to do it. Think about this. You may not have the strength to do all you want to do, but you can invest in someone else to do it down the road. You see, you can make an impact. Here is um, a Barzillai, and he says, David, I, I know you're asking me to come back with you and eat at your table and show me kindness. He says, but I don't have much time left. He says, I can't, I can't even taste my food. That's what he's saying in this passage. He said, I don't even know what I'm eating. He said, I can't hear people sing. I can't hear one note from the other. I can't enjoy all of those things. Hey, David, if you gave me the best food at your table, I wouldn't even be able to taste it. If you had the choir singing my praises, I wouldn't even be able to hear it. He said, so I just want to go home and, and uh, I don't deserve this, David, is what he says. In short, I don't deserve this. I just want to go home and live out my years and make an impact on my family. And I want to be buried by mom and dad. And that's okay for me. But then he says this statement. He says, Kim Ham, he, he's going to go with you. He's going to be your servant. Basically, he's saying this. He says, I can't do it, but I want my son to serve you. I want him to serve the king. I want him to live for the king. And I want us to point out some things that probably Kim Ham learned from his old man, you could say, and that he is using in his life down the road. And that's why we read about him in the book of Jeremiah. First of all, I want us to see that he probably learned that money does not make the man. Notice in verse 32 of our text, Now Barzillai was a very aged man, even fourscore years old, and he had provided the king of sustenance while he lay at Manam. That's what we read about a few chapters earlier, for he was a very great man. The Bible says he was a very great man. This does not mean he was a man of great character. It means he was a man that was wealthy. He was a man that had a lot of possessions. He was maybe even well known. But what it also said is that he provided for the king what was needed. There, this, this is a man that shows the generosity to the king when he could have easily walked away like everybody else had done. You see, David had left. He didn't have food. He's on the run. His, his men need food. His men need um, uh, water to drink. They're in the wilderness. Who's going to take care of them? Well, David's going to trust the Lord like he has to do and he has been doing up until this point, he had to do it while he was on the run from Saul. Now he's going to have to do it that he's on the run from his own son. And so he makes this decision in his life to do this. Well, money does not make the man. Now, now, now get this. Barzillai was rich, but he didn't act like he was rich. He acted like everything he had was for the use of the king. And I think about that. If the Lord has blessed you in such a way, know this, that there's nothing greater to do with God's blessings on your life than to serve the King, than to live for the King, than to help the King. And I think about this, I'm not doing it just for this generation. 
I'm doing it for the generations to follow. And I believe Barzillai made him a decision in his life. I need to, to give to the king. My son needs to see me be faithful to the king, even though others have walked away from the king, even though others have stopped serving the king. I, need to, I want him to show him, I'm going to be faithful to the king. Here's a man that shows generosity to the king when he could have walked away. You have to understand that he could have been killed for helping David if Absalom had defeated David. Right? Barzillai was loyal to the king even when the king couldn't do anything in return. Now I know this, that we look at it, and I look at this passage and I see similarities where I need to serve the Lord and I need to live for the Lord, but the Lord's not poor. He doesn't necessarily need my help. But, but here's a man that needed his help and God used it in his life down the road. You know, it's really easy to follow the king when he's on the throne. But what about when he needs your help? Barzillai is looking at this. He was old, he was rich, but he was also generous. What good is money if it doesn't do any good? You see... Our world has this mentality of he who dies with the most toys wins. No, that's a lie. Because when you die and you have all the toys in the world, you die with nothing. I still remember the time that it was during our missions conference, we heard the news that Kobe Bryant had been killed in a helicopter crash. You know, Kobe Bryant was worth multi, multi, multi millions of dollars. I mean, he's riding in a helicopter, get to a game. I mean, that'd be nice, you know, just say, just take whatever, you know, just take this car, take this helicopter, take a private jet, all of these guys that have multi-millions of dollars, but you know what, they, they, they preached him into heaven and all this, but he was known to be a Catholic, he was known to, to, to not trust in Jesus Christ, and so they preach him into heaven, but let me just tell you this, if, if Kobe Bryant never put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he died with nothing. And we have to understand that. But here's Barzillai. He has a lot of this world's goods and he gives it to David. And here's how he does it. He doesn't say, David, what are you going to give me in return? He doesn't do that. He says, I just did what I should have done for the king and I'm going to allow the Lord to bless me and bless my family, but I want you to use my son. That's what he wanted out of his life. You know, the Word of God tells us in Luke 12, verse 15, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. The things of this life do not make you a success or a failure by what you have or do not have. See, the world's philosophy today is if you have a lot of stuff, if you have a big house, if you have cars, if you have everything this, off, this life could give you, you're a success. You know, if you'd ask my parents, one of 11 children, here's what they say. I have no greater joy than to have my children walk in truth. My dad probably stood in his pulpit today with about 30 to 40 people in his congregation still preaching at 83 years of age. And I'm grateful for a man that just stood for what was right, even if others didn't stand for, with him. Money does not make the man. I didn't say money is wrong, but money doesn't make the man. 
There's another lesson I think we can learn from this old man, and here's the other lesson. Humility is the key to honor. Notice in verse 33, the king said unto Barzillai, Come over with me, and I will feed thee uh, with me in Jerusalem. Verse 36, Thy servant will go a little way over Jordan with the king, and why should the king recompense it me with such a reward? Remember, he said, uh, I can't hear, I can't taste, I, I don't really have anything to offer. I, I'll just be a burden to the king. Wait, wait. He could have said, you know what? Yep, it's about time somebody noticed what I've done. Look at what I've accomplished. Look at how much I gave. Yep, I'm the one that kept David alive. I'm the one that kept David's servants alive. I'm the one that stood when nobody else would stand. You know what, Barzillai has this mentality of this. I gave everything that was needed to the king, and now I'm just going to go back and die in peace. I don't need any fanfare. I don't need a, table, a place at the table. I don't need anything in this life. And by the way, humility is the key to honor. You see, we, don't, we know about David. We speak about him often. The reason I ask the question of how many have ever heard a message on Barzillai is because none of us have. And one of the reasons probably is, is because it's hard to say his name, but, but all kidding aside, we do not hear a lot about him, but he was used in the life of David, and David did not forget it. And as I think about this, here's Barzillai. I've been in, I've been in uh, church all my life. I was a drug baby. I was drugged to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Okay, so I was born in church, right? And I'd never heard, until I read this passage, and I've never heard a message on Barzillai. So for 40 years in my life, I had never even heard of this man. But after 40 years, I appreciate this man. Would you and I be okay if nobody knew about us for 40 years? If nobody knew our name? You were just faithful to church, faithful to do what's right, Faithful to serve the king. But nobody heard your name for 40 years. Are you okay with that? And, and I'm thinking about that. Humility is the key to honor. I look at this man and, and, and I think David is honoring him. And not only is he honoring him, he's honoring the future generations because of him. And somebody may stand at your funeral one day and they may say, it's because of them I came to church. It's because of them I, I'm serving the Lord. And you may not even know it today. Because of your faithfulness, because you give, because you're humble in your life, you may have an impact on the future generations. Like I said about John Boley this morning, John Boley was just a man that was just humble, being willing to be used in any, any way the Lord allowed him to be. But you know, he didn't have hundreds of people at his funeral. Some people said, I don't even know who that is, because he came in and sat in the back row. And then right after church, he'd leave because he had his, you know, family, you know, wife and uh, other family that were not always able to be there or didn't come very often. So he had to, he had to get out right after service. Uh, who's that? I don't even know who that guy is. Well, you see this building over here? Yeah, he built that. You see these offices? He built that. I still don't know who this person is. But years later, 
I'm still talking about him. You guys are like, I have no, who idea, no idea who this is. But I'm grateful for somebody that invested in my life. And now we're still talking about that person. Barzillai could have asked for anything. David even said it. Hey, whatever you want done, I'll do for you. He, you know, but he didn't want anything. He, he wanted to be a blessing, not a burden. He looked at his life as unvaluable in the eyes of the king. I, I don't deserve anything. He says, I don't deserve this kind of reward. He felt that it was his duty to do what he did. He wanted to help, not to hurt. He, he, he's just doing what he's called to do. See, I don't know if after he went home, he lived much longer. I know this. He made an impact on the life that he, uh, with the life that he had. So you may not see the benefits of all the sacrifice, but the next generation may see it. Many of us are benefiting from old people who desire to make a difference in the next generation. I serve in a church that's been there for, 30 year, or for 40 years. It was actually the same month that the church was birthed in November of 1982, so was I. And I'm the second pastor of the church. So God had already prepared the second pastor of the church the same month the church was born. And it's just a neat story how the Lord worked it all out and everything. But for 40 years, the church has stayed faithful and true. But I came in just about 20 years ago as a, you know, a youth director and worked at the church and so forth. And I walked into a building already built. I walked into classrooms already established. I walked into ministries already going strong for the glory of God. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, well, who did that? And I, I still remembered Pastor Randolph always preaching on different people. And I'm going, I don't even know who that person is. And they'd show me pictures of individuals. And I'd say, who's that? They go, you don't know him? He started our kids' ministry. And you don't know him? He, and, and we're sitting there going, I'm taking over a kids' ministry and kind of changing some things to work with, you know, us and, and everything like that. And I'm sitting there going, who's the one that started all this? Most people have no idea who they are. But there's people still today benefiting from the decisions of somebody before their generation. You may not get to see all the benefits, all the sacrifice, but the next generation may see it. You want to know... Who will we, we will remember most? The humble people for doing the duty that God has called them to do. Money doesn't make the man. Humility is the key to honor. And here's the last thought I want us to learn from this passage of Scripture that probably Kim Ham learned from his old man is this. Surrender is the seed to success. The reason I say the seed to success, it doesn't always come right away. Some plant, some water, God gives the increase. When David comes to Barzillai and says, come back with me. Here, let me, let me, let me show my kindness to you. I'm going to be back in the kingdom and I'm going to have the best foods. I'm going to have the, 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 the most servants and and. and you need to be repaid for all you've done. And he says, Would you let thy servant, verse 37, notice how he refers to himself. Would you let 
thy servant, me? Would you let me go home? Because I, I won't be a help to you anymore. I, I, I don't have the ability to do it. I'm too old. But he says, would you let, let thy servant go home? And would you let my son serve with you? Would you let your kindness go to the next generation? Would you allow him to benefit from the decision that I made as a father? Would you let him do more and greater things than I could ever do? Because I can't do it. I don't have the strength. But I'm going to make a sacrifice now as a father. I'm going to make a sacrifice now so that my son will see it and he'll be a sacrifice or a blessing for future generations. By the way, you don't read much about him, but here's what you remember. You remember that they had a piece of land and David said to bless his sons from generation to generation. I'd say that you don't really need to know a whole lot more, do you, than that. It was as if he knew he didn't have much left. But says, hey, could you take my son? And notice what it says in verse 40. Then the king went on to Gilgal, and Kimham went on with him. I wonder if Kimham kissed his dad goodbye too because he didn't know if he'd see him again. I wonder if he said, hey, dad, thanks for helping. Thanks for being that for me. I'm going to see you later, dad. I'm going to go serve the king with my life. You know, years down the road, you're hearing him for the first time. I'm thankful for older people that make an impact in a church to say this. I'm not just doing this for me. I'm doing it for the next generation. Keep planting. Your surrender to the Lord is the seed to success for future generations. I was mentioning to your pastor, I said, it's so great to see young people in church. And, you know, uh, Pastor Randolph said this, there's, there's a lot of churches today that are starting to die. The younger generation want the new and they want the the bands and the parties and the, you know, it's, it's all about social club. But I'm thankful for some people that stand for the truth of the Word of God and want to pass it to the next generation because that's the seed to success. Kim Ham went on with him. Why, why did he go with him? Maybe because he understood that money wouldn't make Kim Ham a great man. But when surrendered to the king, you can pave the way for others down the road. Think about this. You can pave the way for somebody else. We can learn a lot from an old man if we choose to. We can learn a lot from a man by the name of Barzillai. You'd say, I'd never heard of him. Well, it took me 40 years to learn about him. But I'm grateful for him because I learned something from his life. That money doesn't make a man... Humility is the key to honor, and surrender is the seed to success. When you surrender to the Lord, when you surrender to the King of kings and Lord of lords, you'll see fruit one day because of it. Let's stand this afternoon. Lord, I do thank You for the truth of the Word of God. I pray that we wouldn't forget this man by the name of Barzillai and Kimham, his son, that benefited from a decision a father made. 
Lord, I, I think of people in the church that have been here for maybe many, many years. I don't know everybody's situation. There might be someone in here that's only been here for a couple months. But Lord, I pray decisions made today in our lives would impact the future generation for that which is good. Lord, I pray that we'd have somebody down the road from our life, Lord, that was impacted in such a way that they would make a difference in somebody else's life as well. Lord, I'm sure that Barzillai had a desire to be buried by his parents because they made an impact on him. Lord, we know that it's your desire for parents to pass on to future generations the truth of the Word of God, and I pray that we would do so. We'll never regret sacrificing and giving to the King. Lord, I pray that we would take what we've learned this afternoon and use it for your honor and glory. We'll just thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Time of invitation. If the Lord spoke to your heart, would you come? I want to be like that. I want to make a decision in my life now that can impact future generations. You may be here and you'd say, well, I'm I'm only a teenager. Some of the decisions you make now will make a difference in the lives of somebody else down the road. I wish as a teenager I had made better decisions as a teen because... Good or bad, some of them followed my example. And I trust that it's your desire to have a good legacy to be left behind. If you need to come, would you come this afternoon? Appreciate that very much. Um, we're going to have a meeting just as soon as we dismiss. Men that are going to the recharge, encourage you to meet uh, right over here and uh, just take a few minutes. I know choir's practicing, and uh, so you'll choir, you go ahead and make your way. Our meeting will be rather short. We just have a few things to address.
and then they'll go right into choir practice. Um, ladies' dinner, uh, Friday night, information there in the bulletin, revival, revival, revival. I want to encourage you to be praying for revival. Uh, looking forward to having um, Brother Harold Wells and his family here. And uh, if you would just be praying for them, pray for the revival that God would use it for his glory. And uh, then be praying. And as has been mentioned, there's uh, I mentioned uh, last week, there's a GIBF meeting uh, taking place up at St. Joe at Brother Marshall's church. And uh, they'll start off with a Monday night service. Uh, Brother Hardy's son, Wayne, is going to be uh, preaching that. And then there's preaching on Tuesday. I believe it starts probably around 9 o'clock, goes to lunch. And then there'll be a Tuesday evening service and Wednesday morning and then Wednesday evening service. Uh, and so if you've got some free time, you want to go catch some uh, preaching, uh, make your way on up to Riverside there in St. Joe. I know that'll be a blessing uh, because we don't have much on the calendar, and so you know you need to fill up all that time that you can, right? It's good to be in the Lord's house today. God bless you for being here. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we love you today. Thank you so much for all the blessings you bring our way. Um, we thank you for the opportunity to meet today and to hear the preaching of your word. I pray that it wouldn't have fallen on deaf ears, Lord. I pray that you would use your word in our life this week, that we might examine our walk with you and our service for you and the reason we do what we do. Thank you for the good godly examples that you've given us in the word of God that we can take and, and follow after and shape our lives around. Lord, we pray that uh, you would be with each and every one as they head home today, keep them safe, and uh, give them a good evening. And then, Lord, this week, use us to be witnesses and testimonies of your great love. And might we see uh, souls even one uh, this, this week to you because of the witness and testimony that we possess. We love you, and we ask these things in your wonderful and most precious name. Amen. The Lord bless you.